Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. If you're working in a thanks for the reminder kind of culture, you can just automatically assume that 20% of your resources are being wasted. When people talk about their business being like a family, that's usually one of the things I hear. Oh, our business is like a family. Uh Uh-huh. Where you make up for each other's deficiencies and look the other way, because that's what happens in most families. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. We're often more committed to things in our life being nice and cozy than we are to reality, even if that coziness is causing problems in our family, our relationships, or our businesses. However, there's a real danger because lacking a commitment to truth obscures real problems and creates obstacles that hinder maturity, excellence, and organizational success. So in this episode, I want to share a self-awareness practice that will help you identify embodiment gaps in your life and management deficiencies in your organization. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that, with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. You know, we use Slack. Slack is great for business. My Mm -hmm. my gosh. He sent out a reminder, reminding them to do something. It was a standard operating procedure. And I had to chime in saying, why do we need a reminder on this? This is a standard operating procedure. This is expected if you want to be employed by this company. Yeah. But I've got a manager reminding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And of course, you just helped me connect this to obviously what we're talking about here is supervision, right? Supervision is when you can't let go. I mean, I usually define it as... Uh, when you have to make sure that someone does something they already know they're supposed to do. But the more sort of subtle and sophisticated version of that or definition of that is it's a feeling that you can't let go the ownership of something because they haven't claimed it themselves. And it's, it's a function of their responsibility. And what's really fascinating, the reason why this is so significant is if you imagine an org chart, a pyramid, shape that it is, if the bottom rung people can't be trusted to own their responsibilities, they pull down the awareness, the consciousness, the attention of the people above them. Because those people now are not managers, they're supervisors. And their attention now is pulled down inappropriately into realms where they shouldn't have to be thinking, watching, teaching, reminding, whatever, right? Then what happens? So that's bottom rung. And then it's called that the manager level. And let's call the level above that director level. So when the managers are pulled down to that bottom rung, 
the managers don't have the bandwidth to do everything that is their job because they're going to be a little bit chronically overwhelmed. They're not going to have the bandwidth because they're doing supervision, which is using company resources, time, energy, money to do things they shouldn't have to be doing. So aspects of their manager jobs are not going to get done. So what happens? The directors get pulled down to the manager level to some degree. And now they're spending 10, 20, 30% of their job doing the jobs of the managers. Right Now, let's imagine above the directors, we'll say that level is the CEO. So what happens? The directors are not doing completely their job. Now the CEO has to supervise them to some degree. And that means the CEO is not going to be entirely doing their job. Now, what happens when the CEO is not entirely doing their job? Would you like a timeline and numbers with that? Because <laughs> I've got a really good case study. <laughs> the, the, the worst part, thank you, Jamie, the, the, the most the tragic, most tragic part of it is that nothing happens in one way, right? There's no boss that's going to say, Hey, CEO, you're not doing your job. When people hire me as a coach, I sometimes will function as that role and will say, You don't have a budget? You don't have a brand strategy. You don't have a, you know, a, a vision. You don't have a, a written values because those are all the things that a CEO is supposed to be doing. Now they may not know that that's what they're supposed to be doing. Just like I didn't know that uh, it was so easy to find out that batteries could be tested in about ninety seconds, but it was also my responsibility to find out. When you buy a house off the grid, it turns out it doesn't come with a manual. So you're living off the grid for the first time, like a film strip. (laughs) (laughs) Remember those things? Beep. And then they would turn the slide. It doesn't come with that. You're on your own. Even the bank doesn't help you and they own most of the house. Uh, So yeah. So that's what happens. And then, of course, you know, and then it's cumulatively, it cumulatively rolls up, right? Because all that overwhelm that's getting built in the organization, all the supervision based overwhelm rolls all the way up because the CEO or slash owner is the one having to deal with everyone not doing their jobs all the way down to the bottom rung. And so, what is the solution? Well, you start by defining what supervision is. And you see how just the little things like just having, like Kurt was just saying, just having to remind someone of standard operating procedure, this in some kind of invisible, intangible way can destroy an entire business. Because it's using, if that's the culture where, hey, thank, right? My favorite line, thanks for the reminder. Ah! If you live in a thanks, if you're working in a thanks for the reminder kind of culture, you can just automatically assume that 20% of your resources are being wasted. You know? And this is what I, when people talk about their business being like a family, that's usually one of the things I hear. Mm-hmm. Oh, our business is like a family. Uh huh. Where you make up for each other's deficiencies and look the other way, because that's what happens in most families. <laughs> you know? I don't hear people say, oh, our, our business is like a military unit, everybody's pulling their weight. And they face the consequences if they don't. That would be sort of the other end of the spectrum. But that family kind of feel-good environment, it does feel good. And I've worked with clients who have businesses that where they proudly 
brandish the family word about it. And, and when I start to confront them with the, what the effect of quote unquote family business is having on their numbers, I'd say only about 20% of them really change or really willing to because they love the cozy, warm, fuzzy vibe of the business. And they just, they're more committed to nice than real. They're more committed to nice than real. Here's an inquiry. If you want to uh, look in a brightly lit mirror for the next week, try on this inquiry. What are my actions telling me I'm committed to? What are my actions telling me I'm committed to? Not what are you committed to? What are your actions telling you you're committed to? This is probably the quickest way to seeing an embodiment gap that I have yet thought of. And that's what's, what's going on in a business, the, a thanks for the reminder kind of culture. There's going to be to some degree a commitment to harmony, to niceness, to people getting along with each other more than results. And, and it's commitment to people covering each other's asses, Commitment to you staying comfortable, not holding them accountable for doing such things. Commitment to mediocrity. Commitment to status quo. I mean, that, that's what I caught myself in with this battery thing. I was going crazy because I was committed to no change. I was committed to controlling uh, expenses. Oh, and... Uh, Kurt, you'll appreciate this. The uh, astrologer that I had do a yearly chart where they um, chart out different sort of good days and bad days with sort of periods of time uh, before and after for a whole year uh, said uh, around March 15th, plus or minus 10 days, you'll have an unusually large expenditure. (laughs) And I had something come up that cost me a few hundred bucks around that time. And I was like, oh, cool. Maybe that was it. No, it's 16 grand. Damn astrologer. Sometimes I hate when they're right. But there that was, right? I mean, that's helpful to be like, okay, I'm somehow on the right track. It's somehow in some kind of plan. Oh, well. The question I had, do you think the propensity to change is greater if you know the cost? And I'm looking at the change that this business has made. I didn't, I didn't know the cost as clearly as Mm, Uh, $15,000. We had anticipated uh, some departures. Every time you make a change in business, you make a transition, you do things differently. You, you know, not everyone makes the turn yeah. is what, what I always say. And it's proven out a hundred percent accurate. Yeah. I didn't think it would be 50% of my staff. Yeah. I was going through the numbers as you were sharing that story. And once I realized I need to make a change, like, and I'm still committed to it uh, and it's weeding out all the people that needs to, but I just wonder if, you know, you said a lot, you don't get to know. Exactly what I was going to say. Like you, and, and I, I honestly don't know if I'm, we're done. God, I hope so. <laughs> but I wonder if the propensity to change is uh, higher when the cost is so clear or it's higher when, when you don't know what it is. Yeah, I think it, it certainly depends. I, I think I, I like that you're highlighting the cost because it's, I think it's important to just be aware of 
and you know know the cost as much as you can know and then make peace with the not knowing the cost as much as you can you know that was what i didn't do i mean eventually i did when i calling the solar engineer and saying can you come and see if there's something wrong with my system was an openness to a cost i wasn't open to before and that's what stopped me from making the call unconsciously so if I had been more aware of, okay, I'm in all this pain and frustration and running around, really what I was running around doing all this test, wasting my time and energy testing, it was that was a, a commitment to not spending $15,000. That's what was unconsciously driving all of that. And so if I'd just seen that, said, wow, I'm running around like a frantic squirrel with a amp meter testing stuff and trying different things and researching and just wasting all all that was just a commitment to avoiding a cost avoiding a potential cost and if i just seen that oh i'm avoiding a potential cost well why where's my commitment to truth if it's true that my batteries are dead do i want to know now or three months from now (laughs) but if i know now then i'll have to deal with the pain of paying fifteen thousand dollars well yeah but that's real so it's definitely a self-awareness practice and taught me some things about my relationship to money, for sure. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.